With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From a network of highly secure, top secret locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider, the podcast that refuses to tank for draft picks. I am your host, Mike Finger, as always, joined by Express News beat writer Tom Ringo Orsborne and the polarizing Jeff McDonald. Nick Talbot is off this week. Uh, but what we are going to talk about this week is a team that is hanging on. It, it was in trouble for a while. It was rough for a while. It's probably going to get rough again. But at the moment, the Spurs are hanging on. How are they doing it, Tom and Jeff? They're back, baby. They're back. The Spurs are back. For how long? Uh, when's the next game? Tomorrow? We're recording this on Tuesday morning. Yeah, we'll, we'll take the temperature again uh, again tomorrow. Uh, I mean, you know, they've, they've won two games in a row, and that's that's better than better than losing, I guess. But, you know, they snapped that five-game losing streak, which, I don't know, there's a little bit of hard luck in there. They had a couple overtime losses in there. Had the game at Denver where they, they came roaring back and uh, had a chance to tie at the end. Had three chances to tie at the end. Um, couldn't do it. Um, finally broke through at Dallas with a, with the last second, uh, the last second heroics of one DeMar DeRozan and then took care of business against a very um, uh, G League-ish Orlando Mag- Magic team. So, um, you know, it's, it's, we've talked all year about this team is sort of uh, up and down, um, tends to, tends to regress to whatever mean it needs to regress to. Um, and that's, that's where we are now. Um, but they're hanging on, hanging on, still, still in that play-in hunt, which would, I guess, technically keep them in the playoff hunt. So that's that's all you can ask for, um, unless you're one of those people that, that want them just to tank for draft picks. But I, I don't think any of us are those people. Tom, is, is your optimism flowing again? Well, they definitely they, they definitely got a boost from Lonnie Walker's return. He he definitely impacted. Um, the Dallas game in a very positive manner and Orlando last night, uh, as well. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's rested. Uh, he's got, he's the only guy who has relatively, uh, fresh legs and plus his, what he does on the court really gives them a boost, um, energy wise. And it helps that sagging bench, um, that was really struggling during the losing streak when he was, uh, uh, part of the nine games he was absent with a sore wrist. So, yeah, I'm optimistic. I mean, yeah, I mean, health, health is everything. And, and um, you know, uh, uh, the schedule, though, isn't, you know, as is, is it's already been said, it's going to get rough again. But um, they are hanging in there uh, and it helps to have Lonnie back. And, uh, um, yeah, I think uh, when Gorgie gets back, that's going to help as well. If they can finally get him, 
you know, mixed into the rotation and, and have him get more than the 25 minutes he's received since he signed with the club due to that shoulder injury. It was mentioned on this podcast last week, um, kind of recklessly, maybe insanely, that as poorly as the Spurs were playing, as, as rough as things looked, and as little sense as it made when you look at the regular, regular rest of the, of the regular season schedule, uh, to think that, that a hot streak could be coming. It, it, it was posited here that there could be a time when they win four out of five games at some point. As, as little sense as that may, makes. Um, like, I think they, they could easily turn around and just lose five more in a row. But after winning two in a row now, I mean, it's not outlandish to think you win two of the next three, you got your four out of five. As as harebrained, as crazy as that seemed a week ago, like it can happen. Things can turn around in a hurry. And the rest of the schedule is just absolutely brutal. And and it still seems like a chance that things could fall apart and they could fall out of the top ten. But, I mean, things can turn quickly. And you look at the rest of this week, they're, they're at Toronto in Tampa, which, which makes as much sense as anything these days. On Wednesday night, Toronto's kind of slumping. They get a home game against Portland on Friday and then a back-to-back at Phoenix. I mean, that thing, all that could go south. But um, it, there's, there's stuff out there. There's, 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 there are opportunities, and I guess that's all they can ask for these days. Yeah, I think two of three out of that stretch you mentioned is pretty overly optimistic. But you know, I'm I'm the pessimistic one uh, just in general in life. So you win tomorrow, you beat Toronto and Tampa, and then split the back to back. Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's not outrageous. But sure, it's not outrageous, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet bet my house on it. I might bet yours. Okay, well that's fair. That's fair. Um, things really did. We, we taped this um, after the Cleveland game last week, trying to remember how all this went. That was a, that was a low moment. And then those back-to-backs in Denver, which I think the polarizing Jeff McDonald had pointed out, that was two games in Denver probably were not going to be the antidote for a struggling team. He was right about that. But they played well in both those games and just kept getting beaten down by the end. And, and I would say that more than anything, that shot that DeMar DeRozan hit at the end of the Dallas game might be the most important one he's hit as a spur, which sounds ridiculous, but it's because of the context and because over and over and over again over the past several weeks, they had been in games and just had them fall apart at the end. And that was another one where they led – for most of the game, most of the fourth quarter, kind of let it slip away at the end. If he misses that shot and they lose that game, I'm not sure they I'm not sure they recover. Yeah. And they might not recover anyway. But but that would have just been too big of a blow to overcome, I think. I was thinking of what you had said previously, Mike, about the one good thing. You know, they just need mm-hmm. that one good thing to happen. And that was definitely the one good thing. And, you know, it was it was great to see for DeMar too, you know, from for what he's been through. His his reaction to sinking that shot was priceless. You know, yeah. it was good to see that for him. Um, but yeah, that was the one good thing that they were waiting to happen. And, and when I say it's the biggest, that's not 
And that is like a backhanded compliment to to him in terms of how he hasn't hit big shots. He's hit big shots He's for them before. Shots, He's yeah. hit game winners before. I just think that because of, again, the context of, of what this team has gone through this year, that might be the biggest because if he doesn't make it, I, I think they're in trouble. And, and, I mean, you add other layers to this. He misses that. They go to overtime again. I can't imagine them winning an overtime. It's, it's pretty similar to the one that he almost made. What was the overtime game at home where he had a shot to win it and it went in and out? Was that Indiana? Atlanta. Um, yeah. Atlanta. Um, and uh, I mean, th- that, that team, that team did not need a loss. It didn't need another overtime. <laughs> it's just, it seems like everything has gone wrong in recent weeks, including losing games while playing an extra five minutes. Like that's, that's not what they needed. And then, and then they turn around and, and, just totally take care of, like Jeff said, a G League level Orlando team yesterday. Maybe they don't do that if they're coming off another brutal loss. You don't know. Um, and I'm not saying that that, that DeMar shot is going to save the season, but missing it, losing that game would have been, uh, I, I'm, again, I'm repeating myself, but that, I, I'm not sure they overcome that. Can, so they're, they're, they're still in it. Can we talk about how DeMar is clutch? Because there's sort of this um, idea out yeah. there that he's somehow not. And I guess it's just because uh-huh. when, you, when, you, when you're a player who takes a lot of last-second shots, you're going to, you're going to miss a yeah. lot too. Um, so yeah. I think people re- there's a certain, certain type of fan that just remembers the ones he missed. But since he joined the yeah. Spurs – um, you know, the NBA has this clutch stat, uh, clutch points, clutch scoring um, statistic. Since he's joined the Spurs, DeMar DeRozan is in the top five of the NBA in clutch points. So, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I know there were, you know, when, when you said this was the biggest, uh, m- the biggest, sh- you know, last second shot. Well, most, shot. Most, most important might be the terminology. But most ahead. important. But, but people said... People, there were some people. Well, that's the only one he's made, and it's, that's just simply not true. He's uh-huh. he's been remarkably clutch simply for this team. True. You just there's there's a certain type of fan that only remembers the ones that go out. And I remember this goes back to like the Robert Ory days when every when Robert Ory was so clutch. You know, big shot, big shot, Rob, and his his thing was, well, you take them because you know it. You know, you're going to make some and you miss some, and you just don't care. And that's sort of Demar's. Yeah. Demar's approach to those those shots, you, you you take them and and you just you just take them, and you don't care if they go in or out. And if this one misses, you take the next one. And I think I think that's kind of um, I pop called it courage, and I guess there's sort of a courage to that that being that guy. Um, it would have been interesting to see what well, would, what would have happened if Dallas no, no fear of failure. Forward. That's 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 the uh, phrase I'm fumbling for, Ringo. Yeah, no fear of failure. He just go. doesn't. Yeah. Just going to do it. It was interesting. Um, uh, Derek White's reaction. I, I thought at first he's turned slowly and looked at Demar, and I thought it was a look of my knee jerk reaction was it was a look of admiration. But do you think he was thinking he was going to get the ball in that situation? Uh, he was at the I top don't think of the anybody key. Anybody thought that anybody yeah. but Demar was going to get the yeah. ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was open, and yeah, I, I agree. But I'm, I'm just wondering. It was just a curious moment. Um, the look on his face, uh, it, like I said, Derek first has I thought, cool reactions. I'll, yeah, I'll say yeah, that. yeah. At, you, at any point in the game, you watch Derek's facial expressions, uh-huh. and uh, 
they, it might not be obvious what he means, but it's it's usually like entertaining. He's yeah. very expressive. Let's let's start a controversy. No, Derek, Derek was pissed at Demar for not passing the ball. No, let's no, do it. no. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Aggregate everyone. I'm aggregate sorry, this. Jeff. Yeah, that that wasn't my. Yeah, that was to be fun. Let's do it. I was just I was just curious. Yeah. <laughs> The what one thing I will say about the and and cur- obviously sports courage is different than life courage and don't want to overest overstate um, how well, how much bravery it takes to hit a, a game winning shot. But I think Demar has life courage too. But go ahead. Uh, he, yeah, he absolutely does. But I, I will say that the reaction to Demar missing shots and the sort of undeserved reputation that he has among some people as a guy who misses a lot of late shots, that sort of reinforces the idea that it takes some guts to take them because, because he knows that if he misses it, people are going to give him crap for it. Exactly. He's he's gotten crap for it over and over and over again. He gets more crap for the ones he misses than he gets credit for the ones he takes. And I think, I think that kind of um, illustrates pop's point about the sports courage it takes right. to to attempt those because yeah. so, after after you've missed some of them and and you've gotten criticism for it like it would be really easy to say let someone else try this one like why put myself through it when the risk of people people getting on me is going to be higher than the reward of people giving me a little little bit of props so yes i i think he he deserves a lot of i mean credit for continually trying it's everyday courage. You know, the running into the burning building moments aren't going to happen very often. But no. to, for him to put himself out there like that continuously, it, it is courageous. Uh, yeah. yeah. Could you have imagined yeah. Derek's reaction if DeMar had missed? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sorry I brought that up. I, I, I need to – okay, I need to underscore for everyone that I'm just goofing right now. I'm just kidding. Like, I know I, there's you There's no are. beef between Derek no. White and, and DeMar DeRozan that I'm aware of. I think we're all just goofing right now. Um, it's kind of early in the morning for me after a, after a game, so I'm being goofy. All right, proceed. And then the, then the, there was the whole uh, you know why wasn't he doubled uh, conversation, of course. But that's for our brethren up north uh, in it North was, Texas. It was funny to watch that from afar because of how often, especially in recent weeks, but over the years. The, the the you know Spurs fans, Spurs media, Spurs everybody have just kind of freaked out about the same situations when the Spurs lose, and how could they be so stupid as to, as to strategy X or Y or Z, and then to, to watch Demar hit that shot and the Mavericks just kind of freak out about why what what were they thinking? It was it was amusing to watch it in another spot. And and mm-hmm. just, it, it had been a while since the Spurs had pulled something like that off where the other team was kind of kicking itself and second guessing itself. And people were really raking break Carlisle over the coals for that, for not and, sending another defender to him. And maybe and even, justifiably. Uh, yeah, he even made a, a second appearance on the Zoom cast that night, I believe, to clarify things. Yeah. yeah. To say my bad. Yeah. So I mean it's not yeah. It's 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 not just Greg Popovich who who uh, is the is the worst coach in the NBA. Some days, some days it's does Rick Carlisle have like the second or third most wins, active wins in the, in the league right Probably. now? Probably. <laughs> he 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 also can be. Wouldn't surprise uh, me. The idiot that everybody jumps on. 
wouldn't yeah. surprise Spol- me. Spolstra's up there, I think. Spolstra, yeah. Those three. Um, the situ- Luca, speaking of the Mavs, Luca Doncic had some things to say recently. He, he opined about the play-in itself and how he said he doesn't think it makes any sense for a team to make the playoffs to finish in the seventh or eighth seed after 72 games and then lose two games in a play and not make the playoffs. Um, and sure. Okay. That's, that's a point and it's not incorrect, but like it's whoever makes the seventh or eighth seed isn't going to be winning the championship anyway. And usually the first round games, first round series are not that interesting. So why not more interesting things in the NBA? My, uh, I, I think that's my opinion on the play. Is it something to cover? It's something fun for the fans. Like one single elimination games are usually fun. And so why not? Like, it's not like they're robbing the seventh seed of some huge accomplishment, having made the seventh seed. Like that, that's, that's my take on this is it's, it's, it's fine. And I think I like it, the play in. How, how about Joe? It makes the end of the season more interesting also for, for more teams. You know, I, I think if there's no play in, you know, the Spurs finish probably isn't as interesting because, you know, right now they'd be in ninth and right. yeah, I don't know if they, you know, uh, uh, so I agree with you. It, it makes things a little more interesting for a lot more teams. And I guess that's not a bad thing. And it's not I like, uh, go ahead, Tom. I, I like what pop said the other night, you know, at age 72, I've got to pick, pick and choose what I'm going to think about. And that's not one of them that he's choosing to think about. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but you know, it's not something to pour over and yeah, worry about. Every level of the playoffs adds more um, unfairness really to, to the team that accomplished the most over the course of the season. Like if in any sport, in the NFL, you play 16 games. I guess they're playing 17 now. Well, that team doesn't automatically go to the Super Bowl. You 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 have to play one game that you might lose to the 16. I think that that's just kind of the deal we make in sports about playoffs is there's going to be some randomness added to it. And it might not be totally fair that the seventh seed misses out on the playoffs after 72 games because they lose twice in the 10th seed, which played much worse over the previous several months gets in. But I mean, that's, that happens everywhere. And I think I'm fine with it. Yeah. You know, if you look at, if you look at college, college basketball, if you're the by God, Texas Longhorns and you have such a great season, you beat Kansas twice. Uh Like it's not fair to go to the NCAA Uh tournament. You lose one game to the 14th seed and your season's over. Yeah. That's not fair. Uh I agree with Luca. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, they, they lost one game to a team, uh, Abilene Christian, who's, who's has a coach whose son was wearing a Bass Pro Shops hat. <laughs> I, I just thought that was one of the funniest things about the NCAA tournament. Anyway, uh, the play in is here to stay. I think not just this season, but I think it's going to stick around. People are going to like it. Um, the Spurs are still in the ninth spot, which means if the season ended today, which it, it often does end in in early April, early to mid April, we're getting an extra month this year um, because of the delayed start. But if the season ended today, the Spurs would be playing the Golden State Warriors 
in a single game play-in, the 9-10 game. And then the winner of that game would play the loser of the Dallas-Memphis 7-8 game for the final spot. I'm not sure. I'd love the local cagers' chances in that scenario to have to beat the Warriors and then either the, the Mavericks or Grizzlies in back-to-back games. But it, it'd be fun. And, and I mean, to go back to what Tom said at the beginning, you get a big Lonnie Walker game, you get some of these guys playing well, um, who knows? And, and maybe we should go back to the Lonnie Walker thing because I think that he's, he's looked better in his return than I think he's looked in over any stretch that I can remember. Um, he really adds something. I think I scoffed, maybe scoffed a little last week when we, we talked about him being the, you know, the, the, the guy riding in on the white horse to save the day. I mean, I thought he's a, you know, he's a nice player. He helps you out, but I, I didn't know he'd make that kind of, I was wrong. He made it. He, he's made a huge impact on the bench. The bench was really struggling. And I think part of the reason is the guys who you normally count on to, to lead your bench, Patty Mills and Rudy Gay are, are your oldest players and they're just gassed and they needed somebody yeah. off the bench to give them some kind of spark. And here comes a 22-year-old guy that that has you know been out for for two and a half weeks, three weeks. Um, totally, totally, it changed the bench, especially the the, the, the two wins uh, against Dallas and Orlando. As even in Orlando, the Spurs were kind of just kind of muddling along for the first half of the first quarter. And as soon as Lonnie Walker's in the game, it's like he lit he he lit a match on on a, on a fuse there, just lit the fuse on, on that game, and and he made. You know, made a jumper, made two three two three pointers, and then the Spurs are off and running. Thirty, they win. They they go on like a thirty nine to seven run. They're off and running, and he was the guy that really, really sparked them. And, and he, I guess, he's the guy that can be your new kind of bench booster guy that, that they always need and always want. He's got the legs, and uh, he's playing aggressively. Um, he's one of those guys. He's one of the guys that can get to the rim on his own. Doesn't necessarily need. Um, you know, other people to set him up. So his, his return has been pretty big for these guys and maybe will continue to be so. Yeah. Yeah. He was hurting most of the year with that wrist injury. It wasn't uh, something that came on early. It's pretty, pretty much been the whole season. And, you know, I think they wanted to sit him out earlier, but it just wasn't, they weren't able to do it because of all the circumstances, Derek's injury, uh, the foot injury and then the COVID outbreak. Um, so he, he soldiered on and, um, you know, finally got that rest that he needed. And it was a good thing uh, because they're, yeah, they're going to need him down the stretch here. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting that um, DeMar on the back-to-backs, like the Orlando game uh, last night, um, you know, you, you would have think Pop maybe would have rested somebody, but, but he didn't. And, uh, uh, but boy, these guys, as, as you said, Jeff, they're, they're gassed. I mean, they really are Patty and, and Rudy and, and I'm sure tomorrow, yeah, could really lose a, use, a use some time off. I wonder how they're, wonder how they're going to feel after that bus ride to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's not much longer than some bus rides to airports and places. I know. I know. Like, uh, oh, Tampa isn't. Much farther from Orlando than like the Denver airport is from. I was, I was, or the ball ball center as it is. I was texting someone. I was texting someone last night. Yeah, it's like you know Auburn Hills to the Detroit airport. Right, (laughs) that bus ride. Right. Um, I just, just, it's just a funny image to me to picture these guys kind of 
loading up a bus. I, I just got in my head, pretend, pretend it's a yellow dog, like in high school, taking the yellow dog bus yeah. from Orlando to Tampa, play a big, play the big district contest. They are in buses all the time from yeah, airports to hotels. Did you guys, did you guys ride a yellow bus in high school or did you take like a, uh, I don't know where you're from. Did you take a covered wagon? Did you ride horses? Uh, there was a yellow bus. There, there was there was a yellow bus. Freshman year, a yellow bus on Tanglewood. Yeah. Pick it up on Tanglewood. Go to Jackson Keller. Yep. Oh, there you go. But when you're doing in <laughs> in, in Dehennis, when you're doing a, like a district ball game, you you, you ride the yellow bus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And like who like I assume like yep. the, the mayor drove it or who who drove who drove the bus? The, the coach. Coach who was also the, the mayor. Coach. I imagine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or the basketball coach or the baseball coach or whoever. <laughs> you know, what? I, as I was making that that bad joke, I remembered going to uh, you remember this guy they had James Anderson in 2010. At the time, he was the highest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the highest drafted rookie yeah. since Tim Duncan in 2010. All right. He was from a place called. Uh, oh, now I'm losing it. But there's this little place in um, in Louisiana. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. right on the state line between it was actually it was in Arkansas. It was on the state line between Arkansas and Louisiana. The, the, the main drag was called state line road because on one side, like you were, if you were at the Dairy Queen on one side, you were in Louisiana. If you were in the dollar general on the other side, you were in, uh, Arkansas. But, but yeah, I went around just interviewed. It was, it was an interesting story because he was such, it was such a small town. Like his, his gym, his gym was a literal like barn. But anyway, what reminded me of this is, you know, the, Basketball coach is taking me around to all the people that I should interview about James Anderson and watched him play. He said, uh, "You should go. Uh, you should go interview the so and so. He used to run the clock at all the basketball games." So they drive me to this old old fellow's house, and I, I go to this old fellow's house and, and interview him. And halfway through, I, I find out that not only uh, not only is he the guy that used to run the, the clock at the basketball games, he was also the mayor of the town. And I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> For more insight like this, I I invite everyone to come to expressnews.com for riveting stories from Jeff McDonald about mayors and small towns, clock operators. For the record, for the record, Junction City. That's what it was. Arkansas Uh in in Union County. Uh Uh, Yeah. So. Mike was, was, uh, was Jeff's story as riveting as my book review last week? I'm telling you, like we're going to the top of the charts. We're going to the top of the charts with, with stories about uh, uh, clock operators, mayors, um, Alamo revisionist history, where we found out. But it was the same guy. That's why it's funny. It, was the, it wasn't clock operators and mayors. It was clock operators slash mayors. You're talking to somebody. That's hilarious. You're to talking me. to somebody who grew up. In towns where that wasn't that unusual, but sure, yeah, that's great. That's what that's what reminded me of it. That's why I made the joke about the mayor driving your your bus to play Hondo or whatnot. Okay, twenty ten, according to Wikipedia, the the population was five eighty one. Yeah, and like half those people were out of town the day that I went because it was less than that. Anyway, why, why don't we play uh, Does Jeff Know and then sell some digital magic magazines? Well, uh, I just, just want to say that um, I, we do need to point out that expressnews.com has lots of interesting stuff on it, stuff even more interesting than that story. Um, you can subscribe, great deals. Subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter where you get Jeff's stories in your inbox, in your tablet on your cell phones every day 
lot, a lot of just really, really riveting stories from him and Tom Orsborne and the entire staff at the Express News. Uh, does Jeff know? I'm not sure if we have a an, an entry this week. Tom, do you have one? Well, let's stick with let's stick with Arkansas. Uh, okay. The state, according to uh, United States Geography for Kids, <laughs> the state ranks number one in the U.S. in what agriculture agricultural production? It's two things actually. One, I think he'll get. Number one in, uh, I'm, I'm going to say cotton. And when I say uh, it's also, yeah, that's good guess. That's, really good guess. Good guess. <laughs> There's no way they're not, Arkansas's number one in cotton. That's a that's a terrible guess. Texas, Texas, I would think, but uh, yeah. Okay, I don't know. Uh, well, uh, uh, hemp. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, the answer, Tom? He's never going to get it. Poultry. Uh, poultry. Rice and chicken. Yeah. Oh, you said agricultural. Yeah, I, was I know. Crops. I, I, I should have. Yeah. It says rice, too, but I find that hard to believe as well. But yeah. Well, Jeff does not know. And the answer this week is Jeff does not know. It's the, it's the, yeah, I don't. I should have known, though, because the, the traditional Arkansas, uh, like the traditional Arkansas culinary dish is chicken and rice. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Well, all the That's Google true. searches produce. I love chicken and rice. All the uh, Texas Google searches produce Texas as the leading cotton producing state. I think that's probably by volume, just because yeah. Texas is a large state, as we all know. Yeah. We're winding down, and we like to finish on a high note. And one thing I was going to get to earlier before the story about uh, James Anderson, uh, we were talking about Lonnie Walker. And what he has added to this team. And this might sound a little trite and cliche and uh, pie in the sky. But one thing that had been missing from your Spurs during this losing streak is that fun factor, that, that, that joy that we had seen from them when they were playing so well earlier in the year. And in these last couple of games when Lonnie was kind of on a roll, I I might be overstating this, but you kind of saw it coming that led to joy from Derek White and Keldon Johnson, who looked like he was kind of hitting the wall midway through the season. He had a huge defense to offense play against Orlando that, that kind of sparked this. And you see them jumping up and down and kind of being excited and I just wonder, like, like maybe that's nonsense, but that that team needed a little bit of joy, and to find that with Lonnie Walker coming back, maybe that pays off, and and maybe that won't mean a whole lot when they play five games and seven nights again, and they they hit the rough schedule. But I think if we're going to finish this podcast on a high note, which we often do. It's it's don't underestimate moments of joy and the impact that it can make when you're feeling down, when you've lost five games in a row. Lonnie Walker can come in, turn your your whole outlook upside down. Um, 
and I don't want to dominate this at the end. Tom and Tom, if you have anything to add, Jeff's just going to yeah. throw a cloud well, on this. As you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking of the dunk over Nicolo Melli. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, the reaction on the bench, you know, they all they all erupt and jump out of their seats. And Keldon puts his hands around young Trey, Trey Jones. Jones. Yes. And I say young, they're only a year apart. Uh-huh. But he, he's putting his, his hand around his eyes, Trey's eyes, as if was you, hilarious. you can't watch the carnage, youngster. It's too much for you, young man. Yes. And, and it was hilarious. <laughs> so... So we're not going to let Jeff speak for the rest of this podcast because he ruined the vibe. And I'm just going to say that think about that dunk. I'm actually surprised you just didn't. You can just you can just mute me. I'm surprised you just didn't. Our producer Luis has that power. We do not. But if so, so we want more positive reviews. We're getting the, the reviews on our podcast every week. We want to finish on a high note. So look for the joy in your life. Look for that. Lonnie Walker dunk and that <laughs> Keldon Johnson celebration. Build on that. Let that turn everything around. In the meantime, take care of each other and keep it real. <laughs>